Welcome to the English Waffle. Hello, listeners, and thank you for listening to the English Waffle, which we have created to help you improve your English through regular listening and practice. Our work here is helped by kind donations from listeners, and we want to thank those of you who have kindly made a donation on Buy Me a Coffee. Um, these donations help us cover the costs associated with making the podcast, such as the websites for the project. Another way to help is by downloading the transcripts to the most recent episodes. You can visit our website, englishwaffle.co.uk, and go to the transcripts section. Transcripts for episodes are free until episode 49. You can pay the small amount of £1 to access conversations after episode 49, and at the moment we have a half-price sale on. Each transcript is only 50p, a real bargain. So, now on to this week's episode. Uh, we're talking about jigsaw puzzles this week. It's quite a short chat, and we talk about our experiences with jigsaws, why we enjoy doing them, and the connection with a previous English Waffle episode. Listen to the conversation to find out what appeals to Mike about jigsaws, what my experience has been with them, and what the connection with a previous episode is. And then to check what you understood, uh, you can take the quiz on our website, englishwaffle.co.uk, in the quiz section. Right, that's it. I hope you enjoy the episode. English listening. I am currently working my way through a jigsaw puzzle. Oh, nice. And uh, it's a Where's Wally jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> um, which my sister has lent me. It's uh, it's considered to be an easy one. It's 250 pieces. And I have probably got a third of the way through. And I'm finding it really satisfying. Right. <laughs> what do you like about it? I think it appeals to the patient side of me where I'm, I, I, I don't mind kind of just, I think, not having to think about anything else but my jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. I find it quite meditative and I find it really satisfying when I get the right piece. Right. And right. it clicks into place. I have a, I have a few full starts where I, uh, or, you know, where I get excited about a piece and I, I wiggle it around and I try and make it fit. And I think it's a pretty good analogy for life. If the fit, <laughs> if it doesn't fit and you're trying to squeeze a jigsaw puzzle oh, piece right. into yeah. the wrong place, yeah. I think maybe you're trying too hard. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, I never really thought of it like that. Uh, Do you like jigsaw puzzles? Are you a fan? Um, I haven't done a digital pu jigsaw puzzle. Well, I have done jigsaw puzzles um, with, with my son. Obviously, it's one of the things you do in your... He's not really that interested in them anymore, but you know, you do your kind of six piece jigsaw puzzle, then you go on to your 12 and then 16. And then uh, my student the other day was telling me how she spent her holidays uh, because uh, she lives in, in Ireland and they couldn't really go anywhere because they were under lockdown. But um, she was telling me how she was doing like a 40,000 piece puzzle or something ridiculous like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, just, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I I think I would actually quite enjoy it, but I just it's just not one of one of those things that I've 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 looked at, you know. 
I mean, yeah. how, how, how did you, is it something you've been doing for a while or is it something you just kind of just picked up recently? Oh, no, I, I just uh, went to see my sister very briefly a couple of weeks ago and she lent me, uh, lent me the puzzle. Okay. Okay. So you just, uh, how many, how many pieces is it? 250. Okay. Okay. Well, it's reasonable size, isn't it? Um, it reminds me of, uh, I mean, have you, have you checked, do you, do you know yet if there are any pieces missing? Uh, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember, I know where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> No, on this occasion, the, the jigsaw is full and complete. There aren't any <laughs> missing pieces uh, because there was that one time, wasn't there, when yeah. I uh, bought a jigsaw puzzle from some kids who were selling some bits and pieces <laughs> from their house in the... Uh, that was the episode which we talked about the... Um, what what was that episode? I, I was just it? trying to remember, and I'm just, I'm just looking for it, and I can't remember. Oh, I know. It's about wasn't it about COVID clearances? And that's not what we called it. We called it car boot car boot sale. That was it. Yeah, it's car boot sale. That's right, car boot sale. And uh, and I bought a jigsaw puzzle, which I then later found had a missing piece, which was really frustrating. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it was a present for your for your nephews, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did they ever? Did they? Did they ever make it? Did they ever do it? Have you spoken to your nephews about their jigsaw puzzle <laughs> present that you got? Them? I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> Welcome to the English. Okay, that was the conversation um, all about jigsaws. So, what appeals to Mike about jigsaws? Um, well, um, basically, doing jigsaws appeals to his patient side. Uh, he finds it quite meditative and um, he finds it really satisfying when he gets the right piece uh, in the right place. Um, what what uh, was my experience? Well, um, I've done some simple jigsaws with my son and um, I mentioned one of my students who uh, told me about a really big jigsaw she was doing. Uh, I actually can't remember how many pieces it was. It just seemed like a large number, so I said 40,000. That might be a ridiculous number of pieces for a jigsaw puzzle. I don't, I don't know. Um, and then I also said that I might enjoy doing them, but uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, and then finally, what was the connection with a previous episode? Um, in episode 41, Car Boot Sale, Mike tells a story about buying a jigsaw puzzle for his nephew's birthday. And the interesting thing about that was that the, there was a piece missing from the puzzle. Uh, anyway, that was quite uh, a very simple conversation, but there's some quite interesting language in there. Uh, let's start with, for example, Mike uh, talks about how he would um, get excited about a piece and he would wiggle it around and try to make it fit. And this phrase wiggle, or this verb wiggle, um, that uh, we're going to have a look at right now. So essentially, it's kind of to move something from side to side or up and down in, in kind of short, quick movements. Um, and uh, in this context, obviously, that's a very visual image of Mike trying to put a piece in. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's being particularly patient with it, but uh, um, yeah, he's just trying to make it fit, basically. And 
so it is, he's describing his action with a, with a piece. And this is a word we use in quite a lot of different uh, contexts. So, for example, you can think of a maybe a, a little puppy uh, squirming around, moving its body around to try to escape uh, a hug from a, a person. Um, that's an example of a, of a wiggle. Um, think about some jelly on a plate or gelatin. Uh, if you move the plate a little bit, the, the, the jelly kind of wiggles. Uh, that's the word we, we would use for to describe that. So wiggle around. Um, that's Mike trying to make something fit by short little uh, movements up and down, side to side. English listening. Okay, another thing to, to mention um, is to do with spoken English. Um, at one point, oh, there were quite a few moments like this, but one example... Um, which is very typical of this kind of improvised speech. Um, it's often full of kind of redundant repetition and recasts. Um, so one example here is I said, uh, did, they ever, did, they, did they ever make it? Did they ever do it? Uh, talking about the jigsaw puzzle that um, Mike had bought for his nephew. Um, and first of all, we can look at the repetition and, and say, well, uh, as I'm trying to think about the content of what I'm saying and how to construct what I'm going to say next, I just just naturally just repeat the start of the question a few times. Did they ever? Did they? Did they ever? Uh, and in most cases, nobody really notices that in conversation, but it gives that extra bit of time just to think about what I'm going to say. Um, and then we have a recast. Um, what's a recast? Well, basically, um, in English, we say uh, do a puzzle or do a jigsaw puzzle and not make a puzzle. So I initially say, um, did they ever make it? Um, which is actually a slip, because um, uh, it should really be, did they ever do it? Which is what I then say immediately afterwards, I self-correct and recast it in, in with the correct verb, uh, noun combination. Uh, so basically we could call that a collocation. So the verb do, goes with puzzle, we don't make a puzzle. Um, and you, there are lots of other examples of do and make being used in, in that kind of way, often incorrectly. But here, here it's just because of um, speaking uh, in an improvised way and thinking about what I'm gonna say as I go along. That's quite normal. Um, okay, I mean, some, some people never do this and they say exactly what they mean to say the first time. They're very gifted, talented people, very right? often the kind of people you find on on the radio, but um, in reality, uh, that's the kind of messiness we have in, in speech and in conversations. English listening. Um, there was also a moment, I think quite near the beginning, where I make an, uh, a noise, something along the lines of jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> and that's basically when Mike says he's doing a where's Wally puzzle. It's a where's Wally jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> My reaction is a good example of uh, paralinguistic communication. I don't need to say any words at all, but um, the sound I make conveys basically the meaning, something along the lines of, goodness me, that must be difficult. And the reason for that is that um, Where's Wally, if you don't know, is a series of uh, Where's Wally or Where's Waldo, Waldo in, in the United States. It's a series of puzzle books um, which were created by an English illustrator, a guy called uh, Martin Hanford. And essentially what you have to do in, in a very kind of, kind of complex scene, uh, a picture, 
um, you have to try to find Wally. He's a small little character somewhere in the scene. You've probably, most people have, have will have seen these before. Um, what I don't know uh, is if this um, sound, the noise I made, it transfers across uh, cultures and, and to other countries. Um, will other people interpret the same thing from that, that noise? I think most, uh, certainly British English speakers, uh, maybe English speakers in general, will have interpreted the same thing. I don't know if that, if that is, the, is the case um, in, in other languages. Uh, that, that would be something that I'd be really interested to hear about if, you, if you've listened to this particular section, if you'd like to write in and tell us what that kind of sound means to you in your culture. Does it convey the meaning that I've, I've explained um, just now? Okay, yeah, so um, you can write in for that, but also write in just to say hi and give us a bit of feedback on the podcast. Uh, if you've got any requests, write in to, to let us know. And uh, we'll be back again next time um, with a bit of Waffle Bites next week. Uh, and then the full episode again at the uh, halfway through the month. Okay, hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, keep waffling. Welcome to the English Waffle, where we'll talk about random stuff. We'll take you on a journey where you'll find out soon enough that listening to the waffle is an entertaining way of sharing with you foreigners the things that British people say. Woo! So join us on the waffle and strap yourselves in for ten whole earth in minutes of English listening.